Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, as always, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about Fools Hate Wisdom. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles. As always, I really have a powerful word for you today. I want to start off with a quote of the day, and it says this, Your mind is a computer and a resource where all your answers to life can be found. Let's look here in James chapter three, and we're going to look at verse number 17. This word exploded in my heart in James chapter three, verse 17. This is really wonderful. Notice what it says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, and sincere. I really like this. So when you come in contact with God and God is wisdom, these are the things that you receive. And I believe it's about eight of them. And eight is the number of new beginnings. And what God wants to give us is some new beginnings here in our lives. But fools hate wisdom. Here's my definition of a fool, a silly person. You don't want to be a silly person. You want to be a wise person. You want to be a person that is full of wisdom. And so when you come in contact with God, these are the things that he wants to produce in your life. He wants you to be peaceable, gentle, open to wisdom, open to reason, should I say, and all the other things that I mentioned. So I really do believe we only have a certain amount of time on the planet. We can't be messing around with silly people. Number two, we can't be silly ourselves. It is my hope and prayer because I really want to give you about five things to help you win in life. Five wisdom tips to help you win in life. Here's number one. Learn how to see the big picture and the good things God is doing for you. This is one of the things I think many of us, we really don't focus on. Learning how to see the big picture because we just see everything around us that's small, everything around us that's not happening. But I want to tell you something, even in your life right now, and it may be tough, God is doing some things in you, some big things, you just can't see it. So you got to learn how to ask God to show you the big picture. Let me kind of give it to you like this. A windshield in your car, not sure if you know this, but a windshield in your car is approximately 59 inches by 31.5 inches. So when you drive in your automobile, we are spending or should spend much of our time looking in front of us so that we can see the big picture, so we can see the road so that we can see the cars, so that we can see the other things in life. Nobody gets in a car looking backwards. That big windshield, the next time you get in your car and you see that windshield that's 59 inches by 31.5 inches, I want you to remember, you know what, Pastor Deloach was talking about this. This is the big picture God is trying to show you. 
He's trying to show you that there's more in front of you than there is behind you. Can I tell you one of the things that steals that our age? When I'm 51 years old, and you know, when you get over 50, people say it's downhill from there. No, I choose not to believe that. I choose to believe that God wants to do more for me now because I'm wiser now. I'm more intelligent now. I know God more than I did in my 20s and 30s. God can trust me more now. We got to stop buying in to the things that people are saying to us. We're old and it never happened. It hasn't happened by now. No, God wants to show you the big picture. You know why? Because he's a big God. God ain't small. There's nothing small about him. He is vast. You can't figure God out with our little peanut brain. So we got to learn how to see the big picture. Ask God, Lord, show me the big thing that you want to do next. And when he shows you, get excited about it because he wants to do it through you. Notice what Genesis chapter 15 verse 5 said. It says, he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your seed be. That's powerful. That's what God did with Abraham. He said, man, I want you to go outside and I want to show you the big picture. Were there a lot of stuff going on in Abraham's life that he didn't like? Yes. So what God wanted to do was encourage him. He said, I'm going to just take you outside and all you got to do is look up. Isn't that something that God can just give you one word? Just look up and count the stars. If you can count them all, which you can't do, I want to show you how big your off seed is going to be. And notice that we are seeds of Abraham. I'm sure at that point in Abraham's life, he was trying to figure out, God, what are you doing with me? And you might be saying that same question, Lord, what are you doing with me? I don't understand. I can't figure it out. But what I love about God, he'll show you something to get through to you that this is the big picture of what I want to do in your life. I'm asking you today to look up, look around and allow God to show you some things about your life. And again, when he shows it to you, lock in on it. That's your prophetic word. That's your prophetic insight. That's a part of your destiny. That's a part of your purpose that you are missing. And when you allow God to show you all the big things he's doing, man, this little small stuff you're going to laugh at. This little small stuff, you'll never be discouraged. Not one day in your life when you allow the spirit of God to show you some things. Here's point number two. Stay in the mode of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving just can't be one day in November. Thanksgiving should be every day. In other words, stay there, don't visit. Many people just visit Thanksgiving when good things are externally happening for them or things that they can point to and they get happy and giddy on the inside and they start, you know, celebrating and this, that, and the other. But that's not Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a mindset. Thanksgiving causes God to show you and do some things for you that he's not doing for everybody else. How do you get there? Wake up in the morning being thankful. Because again, I just told you, Thanksgiving is a mindset. Many people, we don't have the mindset to thank God. We get up, we tired, we grumpy, we don't want to go to work, we don't want to go outside, we don't want to do the things that we're supposed to do. God does not like ingrates. 
And I'm going to say this. I don't think you do either. You don't want to be around people that's always crabby, always upset, always mad. God don't want to be around people like that. God is doing some things for you, man. God says, I want you to be thankful. Thankful is something in your heart that you get up and you say, God, this is going to be a good day. This is going to be a great day. No, things are not the way that I would have them to be. But you know how I'm going to change that? I'm going to be thankful for the things I have. I'm going to be thankful for my life. I could be dead. I'm going to be thankful for my spouse. They could have left me. I'm going to be thankful for my kids. While other people are crying, can you have children? And you got two and three and four and five. Man, you are blessed. When was the last time you just thanked God, just went in a straight Thanksgiving fest? You just walked around your house and you thanked God for this and that and the other. We need to get in a mode and stay in that mode of Thanksgiving. Notice what the scripture says here in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse number 19. And out of them shall proceed Thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. Watch this. And I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. Do you know when we start thanking God and staying in the mode of thanksgiving, that's how increase and multiplication happens. Many times we never get that. We get to subtraction and division, but we never get to multiplication. God says, when you learn how to thank me, things get multiplied. So watch this. When I thank God for my life, I get more of it. When I thank God for my money, I get more of it. When I thank God for good health, I get more of it. Anything you thank God for, he says, I'm going to add it to you. I'm going to give you more of it. That's the secret of thanksgiving that most believers don't understand. I've just given you something. This just this one principle. Actually, I've given you two. But this one thing called thanksgiving that will change your life immediately. If you are in lack of any kind, I want you to start thanking God for what you have and notice how your life over time is going to change for you. Stay in this mode of thanksgiving. Number three, here's my next wisdom principle. Keep your eyes on God. Man, I could stay here for a whole hour. Because I'm going to tell you, there are so many believers who have left the faith, have left God. You know why? Because they took their eyes off of them. There are so many people that don't even go and go to church anymore. You know why? Because they blaming other people. I don't go to church because of the pastor. I don't go to church because of the leadership. I don't go to church because sister so-and-so. I don't go to church because brother so-and-so. You're carnal. You got your eyes on people. Here's one of the things that I want you to remember about people. And I had to do this in my own life. So I truly understand how you feel. Remember, people are people. They are not God. So when they disappoint you, and they will, you shouldn't be surprised anyway. <laughs> Why are we so surprised when people are people? Newsflash, you are people. You are someone that has disappointed someone. I don't understand why we are so quick to throw away God in this institution called church or this organism. That's what it is. It's an organism because church is alive. It's full of life. Why are we so quick to throw that away? Because you was mistreated. Did you ever mistreat anybody? Did you ever do anybody wrong? See, we have no grace 
for other people, but we want people to have grace for us. And I'm telling you, keep your eyes on God. That's how you do it. People ask me, man, how have you been able to maintain you being a pastor over these last 17 years? How have you been able to do it? I keep my eyes on God. That doesn't mean I haven't been frustrated. That doesn't mean I haven't been disappointed. That doesn't mean, you know, things have always been great for me. But what keeps me going, what keeps the life flowing through my blood, what keeps me energetic, what keeps me hopeful and prayerful, what keeps me in the presence of God is not people, but is keeping my eyes on him. And when you keep your eyes on God, you will get to your destination quicker. I promise you. Notice what Psalms 141 and 8 says. But my eyes are fixed on you, sovereign Lord. In you, I take refuge. Do not give me over to death. Man, this is powerful. The psalmist is saying, but I keep my eyes not just on you, but fixed on you. In other words, I'm watching your every move. Lord, I got my eyes so on you. If you go right, that's where I'm going. If you go left, that's where I'm going. If you're going to stand still and do nothing, that's what I'm going to do. Because you are a sovereign Lord. You're first in rank. You're first in order. And you know why else? It's because I take my refuge in you. In him I live, I move, and I have my being. And I don't want to be separated from you. I don't want my life to be giving over to death. I want to stay connected to God. This is a powerful wisdom principle. Please keep your eyes on God and get them off of other people. Again, people, listen, in and of ourselves, we're weak, we're fragile, we can't be trusted. We say one thing, we got good intentions, but we never do what we say. I, I get it, man. Trust me. I'm in the people business. I had a nickel for every time somebody said that they were going to do something for me or promise to be a part of the ministry or promise that they were going to use their gift and talent and they never did it. You know, I'm telling you, man, I'd have been out of this a long time ago. But when you understand what people are, because you're that way, but when you can understand what God is and when you know, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. See, God knows how to do more for you when you keep your eyes on him. Point number four. This is powerful. Number four is peace is priceless. Lord have mercy. Underscore that. Watch this. Don't let anyone disrupt your peace. Don't let friends, family, co-workers, Money, houses, cars, lack, good times, or bad. Never allow people to steal your joy. Don't let them steal your peace, man. People come into your life to either add, multiply, subtract, or divide. You have to watch who's coming into your life. Don't let them steal the precious things that God has planted in you. I tell the members of our church this. You know, when you sit in under the word that I'm preaching and God is giving me to give to you, trust me, when you leave church, that's when people start coming to steal your joy. I tell people, don't call nobody. Don't pick up the phone. Don't call anyone after church. Just go home and enjoy your Sunday. Sometimes the enemy is waiting for us in the parking lot. If he can't get you in the parking lot, he'll get you in the car. If he can't get you in the car, he'll get you through your cell phone. Sometimes you just have to shut everything off after you receive God's promise. 
I want you to I want you to pay attention and do that. If you go to church and you really hear the word, the word don't need no competition, man. Get all that other stuff out of your life. Peace is so priceless. Many people are just tossed to and fro because there's no peace of God within. Peace keeps you settled. Keep peace keeps you focused. Peace keeps you encouraged. Peace helps you to see the provision of God. Peace helps you to see your destiny. Peace does so many things for you. Notice what Matthew chapter number 10 and verse number 13 says. It says, if the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. What was Jesus saying to his disciples? Then watch this. Peace is something that you actually can put on a house. It's a blessing. So it's just, it's not just peace in and of itself. Jesus told them, he said, if you go to a home and it's deserving, bless it. But if it's not deserving, keep your peace to yourself. Don't let your peace leave you. In other words, peace can be released. You can release a blessing over somebody's life. We got to learn how to, when we are around people and around people that respect and honor God, we have the power to bless that situation. Or we have the power to allow our peace to remain within because it's precious. Every Christian, just because they call themselves a Christian, not walking in no peace. A lot of them are walking in calamity, bitterness, unforgiveness. I mean, the list goes on and on. And you don't want to be that kind of person. So your peace is everything. Don't let co-workers on the job steal your peace. I hear that all the time. I hate my job because of the co-workers there. Trust me. Please hear me today. People are everywhere. You cannot get away from people unless you just going to trap yourself in a house. And God don't want you to do that. Unless you're going to live your life in a bubble. And God doesn't want you to do that. We got to learn when we coming and when we going. We just got to learn what people are. People are people. That's just what they are, man. People lie. Church folk lie. I'm telling you, people have looked me in my face as the pastor and lied to me. And I knew they were lying. And they just kept on doing it. It's amazing. People have lost respect for God. See, when people lie to me, I know they don't have no respect for the Lord. When they lie to other people, you got no respect for God because no one that has respect for God that calls themselves a Christian should lie. That should not be a part of our DNA. We've got to learn how to do better. Peace is priceless. And finally, deal with it. Don't dwell on it. I'm going to say that to you again. Deal with it. Don't dwell on it. What does that mean? When people leave you, deal with your feelings, but don't dwell on it because they're going to do it. When things don't go as planned, when things don't go like you thought they would, deal with the disappointment, but don't dwell on it. When people you love, they don't love you back. Deal with the rejection. Move on from it. Don't dwell on it. When life makes no sense at all and frustration is all around, deal with those emotions. Keep going, but don't dwell on it. In other words, this is what I'm saying. When we deal with it, what we're doing is confronting it. That's the problem. We don't want to confront it. Anything that you won't confront, you'll never deal with and it will constantly remain. And there are a lot of believers who are afraid to confront it. Why would you allow something to remain in your life you don't want? Here's what we do. We ask God to take it away. But God, like, I'm not dealing with that. 
That's what you got to deal with. I empowered you to deal with this and refuse to allow things to live inside of our minds rent-free. Don't let people live in your mind rent-free. Don't let circumstances, situations, trials, tribulations, persecutions, the list goes on and on. Don't let this stuff live inside of you rent-free. This is going to mess you up. You got to deal with some things. I want to challenge you today, even after you finish listening to this podcast. You got to make sure, man, that you deal with some things. Jesus dealt with things. He just didn't allow things to just be in his life. He said, no, this is not This is not a part of my purpose. This is not a part of my destiny. This is not a part of what God has called me to do. See, we got to know what it is and we got to know how to interact with our God. There were a lot of situations in Jesus's life that was going on around him. He didn't let people push him around. But watch this. He was peaceable. I'm not saying he was a fighter. I'm not saying he was going around slapping people. That's not what I'm saying. When I say a fighter, he knew and he understood where the enemy was working his plan. That's what a lot of us are ignorant about. We don't know how the enemy is working the plan. Again, when folks let you down, they will deal with that. Don't dwell on it. Don't dwell on the person that left you. I know it may cut you to the core. I get it. But if you know you haven't done anything and you've been walking in your integrity and you've been walking in your character and this is all about them, you got to release them. I don't care who it is. Don't let anybody cause you to be disconnected from God. Paul understood this. He said, I'm not going to let anything separate me from the love of God. And he just began to list all those things out. What is causing you to be separated from God? Could it be that you refuse to deal with it? Could it be you refuse to confront it? Maybe you were in a household that your parents didn't teach you how to confront things. They just said, well, just don't say anything about it. You're going to hurt somebody's feelings. But at the end of the day, you being hurt. And here you are now in your 30s. Here you are now in your 40s. And you don't know how to deal with things. We have to. The Bible helps us to understand. You must deal with this. If you don't, it's going to deal with you. I would dare say it's already dealing with you through stress, through anger, through resentment, through bitterness. See, all this stuff is happening in your life because you won't deal with it. I want you to do it today. And watch how things over time will begin to change because you are aggressive at dealing with it and not just letting it settle and say, well, it'll just work itself out. Nothing just works itself out. I had learned that the hard way. Nothing's just going to work itself out. The kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent must do what? Take it by force. I want you to start taking things by force. And this is what I mean by force. Do it God's way. Don't do it your way. Find out what God wants you to do. As you're spending time with him, find out how he wants you to deal with the situation. Find out how he wants you to deal in an unseemingly marriage or situation with your children, or situation on your job, or stuff that's going on inside of you. Ask God to show you. He'll show you. These are some wisdom tips. But again, in my opening, fools hate wisdom. They don't want to hear this. They want to do things their way. Are you smart or are you being foolish about how you're dealing in your life? Fools don't want to be instructed. They don't want to be encouraged. They don't want nobody to give them no counsel. Because they know everything. And you know these people. As soon as you start talking, here they go. Oh, I heard that before. Oh, I tried that. It didn't work. Man, you're talking to a foolish person. I think the worst thing in the world is to be an old fool. 
Don't be an old fool. Because the reality is an old fool was once a new one. He never changed. And God will not speak to foolish people because they don't have any honor, respect, and reverence for God. Fools do hate wisdom. But I know you're not that. I know you a child of God and you want to move in wisdom. Do it today. Remember these five principles that I've given you. Rehearse them over in your life. I promise you, they will change your life. Well, this is all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that this blessed you immensely. If it did, I want you to send me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Also, go to my website. If this is the first time you're listening, we welcome you. We thank you for listening. Go to my website at thomasadeloach.com and look around, find out who I am and what my advocacy is all about. Do it today. I'm praying for you, believing God's best for you. And remember to be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.